and welcome to the Doctor Script Show, where we're talking about your favorite movies, what was good, what was bad, and how we can improve on things. We don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems. And today, teaming up with me for this very special episode, I got Dr. Sam. Oh, it's great to be here, but there are no strings on me to give this <laughs> this movie a good review. Uh, I can say whatever I want. Oh, wow. That's right. Today, well, we really should have had a lot more people in this room because yeah, this is right. the, the big team up. This is, this is the big one. This is Avengers Age of Ultron. This is not just big episode for, you know, the Avengers. It's also a big episode for us because, Sam, what, what's going on today? What's, what's uh, so special about it? What's so special about that is that we have officially done 50 Doctor Scripts. What? <laughs> 50 episodes. 50 episodes, guys. That means we're closing in on a year, which is crazy. So many projects. We've brought in special guests. We've done way too many about the Grinch. Like, if you did... <laughs> 10% of our, of our stuff is all Grinch-related, but it's still great, it's still fun, and we got we to gotta thank you guys for listening, for sticking to sticking with us and helping us try and grow and get better. We, we always appreciate all the feedback that y'all gave us. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. 50 episodes, you know, there's a, some TV shows that don't hit 50 episodes. Stranger Things is only at, like, 20 episodes, guys. And they're not going to make it to 50. What you're saying is that we're, we're better and more consistent than Stranger oh, Things. Oh, absolutely. We've provided more content than Stranger Things will ever dream of pro- providing. Uh, yeah, honestly, coming out of Stranger Things. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really big, big episode. We wanted to treat you guys with something special. Yeah, especially with the new Avengers coming up soon. Yes, we exactly. We thought it would be a good time to bust out this one because I know a lot of people have a lot of thoughts and I'm glad I could sit with you on a Marvel movie and it's not soccer yeah. today because <laughs> I love them, love them to death, but you know, I have, I have thoughts too. Yeah, yeah. And we've been really, everyone's been waiting for Endgame for a while now and you know, everyone's probably still waiting to get their tickets. It just seems very appropriate to do this. Exactly. So, uh, do you think we should just head head straight into it, go into the end game of this of this story? I guess since you haven't done an Avengers movie yeah. or any Marvel, let's oh, give us a quick lowdown on that. Yeah, my relationship with the MCU. Yeah, I saw the first Iron Man three times in the movie theater. Nice. So that just shows what I was what I was starting off at, and then where we were going. And yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed every film for for the most part. There are a couple that I'm not a big fan of, but uh-huh. like. Three out of 22 being, like, not great, but just fine. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty solid track record. Like, and the rest are varying levels of good to great. No, that's very fair. Like, I mean, even, like, Marvel's worst is still better than DC's best, probably. <laughs> probably. I mean, I would still, I would say that Wonder Woman probably is higher than a few of the MCUs. Yeah, uh, Wonder Woman, you can make your argument for Aquaman, and then we haven't seen Shazam yet. Yeah, even... It's, it's, it's a great thing, and, like, I have a, I do have a special relationship with the MCU, because 2008, when the first Iron Man came out, is when I decided in my life that the, the film arts was where I was going to take my life. Uh, going. I was mostly because of The Dark Knight, which I think we've talked about a couple times on here. Yep. But Iron Man still was a huge part of that. And like, I went to go see that one more in theaters than The Dark Knight, mm. even though that other one had more of an impact. It was just, it, it, yeah, it really holds a special place just because of the timing of, of when this all began. Yeah, no, I. I don't think anyone could have imagined the MCU being what it is when the Iron Man no. started. Well, when Iron Man started, they were making it up as they went along. Yeah. John Favreau <laughs> and Robert Downey Jr. would do like two-hour sessions in their trailer and be like, all right, what, what scene are we going to shoot today? 
<laughs> All right, let's let's figure it out. Jeff Bridges just standing outside the trailers, being like, "This is gonna suck." <laughs> Make sure my character dies at the end of this movie. Oh god, I wonder if he regrets that. No, I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, I'm Jeff Bridges, so yeah. All right, well, let's talk. Should we just jump into the summary part of this little bad boy movie? Let's just jump straight in, which is exactly what the movie does itself. We start off right with a bang. The Avengers are invading a Hydra base in Sokovia with a, a big action scene and doing one of those famous one-shotters where we see all the heroes going back and forth, fighting off everyone, ending in like a big hero shot. And we also get to hear them kind of quipping with each other, showing that there's been a relationship that they've developed over the few uh, last few years. Iron Man's just like, oh shit. And then Captain America's like, language. And you know, it's like, hey, good line. You know, yeah, they, they, <laughs> and then they give Captain crap for uh, hey, doing that. Language. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they do all that. Throughout this process, we see the Hydra general, Baron von Strucker, is deciding whether he should send out these two other superhumans, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. And at some point he's like, no, we can't send them out, but they've already escaped anyways. <laughs> and they, they go and they kind of mess with the, the Avengers as they go in. Quicksilver and Hawkeye have a little bit of a back and forth. Mm -hmm. Scarlet Witch attacks Captain America when he storms the castle, kind of like tries to mess with him. And then she does a weird like witchy thing and like backs out of the room. And eventually Iron Man breaks into the castle too, finds a little secret door, goes in and finds Loki's scepter. Yes, and so as Tony is playing around with Loki's scepter, he gets a vision from Scarlet Witch, and it's like all the Avengers dead and other aliens going and attacking Earth. And Tony goes up to Steve Rogers and Captain America just grabs him. He's like, Tony, we failed. Yeah. We could have done more. Yeah. <laughs> and then he yeah, has a big vision of like the aliens from Avengers 1 just coming and invading Earth and just wrecking shit everywhere. Language, I'm sorry. Uh, and so, yeah, he has this big vision and meanwhile, the the Hulk is kind of still going on a rampage outside so Black Widow has, like, learned a technique to calm him down and, like, make him go from the Hulk to Bruce Banner. We're also just kind of just jumping in with characters and, like, plot details, but if you haven't seen Avengers 1, sorry guys, we're just gonna keep, oh, just go through yes. this. Sorry guys. <laughs> that happens. Cap's like, hey, do we have what we need? Iron Man grabs Loki's scepter. I guess from the first movie, Loki was the bad guy. He had a scepter that had a certain mind control power to it. Right. Uh, and then he grabs it and then Quicksilver whispers into Scarlet Witch's ear. He's like, are you sure you want to let them go? But you know, in a Russian accent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> An inconsistent Russian accent. <laughs> And then we open, like, it's hard cut to the titles of Avengers Age of Ultron. And now we are in, like, their little airplanes going around, and the Hulk is listening to Mozart or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like some calming music. He and Black Widow have, like, a little quick moment together where we start to realize that she's actually not just his calmer, but also they have a little bit of a flirtation and relationship going on, but neither one really wants to kind of admit what their relationship is. It is a weird relationship, and we will talk about this later, but, like, they have... It's not, like... <laughs> I don't want to call sexual tension. It's just, like, weird tension. It almost feels like, you know that thing in, like, 7th or 8th grade where, like, the person that you liked, who, like, liked you back, and you knew it, and you just, nobody said anything, and it was like, ooh, are we gonna play around with it? It's like, it's right there. Like, it's just right there. There's no subtext. I think that is actually the best way to describe it. Like, mm. it's so true. And I'm going to jump a little ahead just because we're talking about it now. But when Black Widow and Bruce Banner are in Hawkeye's house yeah. and Bruce Banner comes out from taking a shower and Black Widow's like, oh, I thought about joining you. He's like, oh, sorry, I took the hot water. She's like, that's fine. He's like, oh, I, well, I, I, we could do that. And it's like <laughs> Black Widow just 
tried to me to him, I guess, in a way. I, I mean, <laughs> this kinda. is not a good work environment. <laughs> they, you know, it's fine. They, they don't have any HR at the Avengers. So just, <laughs> what's the paperwork that they're going to file for being like, we're in a relationship within the Avengers. <laughs> but yeah, so that happens. Hulk's like, I hope I didn't hurt anybody. And Thor's like, your, your victims will scream the many screams of death. And then he's like, of pain and, and broken ankles and simply maimed wounds, <laughs> uh, which is pretty funny. But yeah, that also does set up a little bit of Hulk, uh, Bruce Banner being like, I don't like being the Hulk, I don't like hurting people, uh, which will come into play later. Yes. And they land back at Avengers Tower, like in New York City itself. Robin from How I Met Your Mother uh, fills Captain America in on who the two like Russian twins are. They're uh, from Sokovia. They were experimented on by Strucker with the power of Loki's scepter, and they've gained powers of speed for Quicksilver and, like, weird magic manipulation for Scarlet Witch. And then that's also where we learn that, for whatever reason, I guess Tony is throwing a party in a few days. Well, he also, I guess we should say that him and Thor made a deal where he can do some more research on Loki's scepter, Mm -hmm. and now he's, like, trying to find artificial intelligence, or what he calls, like, Ultron. And then Banner also is like, oh, that would be a big deal and whatever. And so they work on it for a bit. And then they have this montage where they're like trying stuff out and it's failing. And they're like, erg. Tony's big thing is he, because of what happened in the first Avengers and like the vision that he had in Sokovia, he wants to create like this giant, like artificial intelligence peacekeeping initiative so that the earth will be protected from all aliens all the time. And he looking at the scans of Loki's scepter, it looks like it's like almost like a living, intelligent being. Mm-hmm. So then he's trying to figure that out, trying to figure out like if there's a computer code with it, and he and Bruce Banner working for th- like three days, and they're kind of close, but not there. Tony instructs his supercomputer Jarvis to kind of take things from there while he goes to a party yes. uh, within the tower. Uh, then we just get the, here's what you missed off screen. <laughs> This scene, God. So it goes up. Captain America is talking to Falcon, and Falcon's like, "Hey, I wanted to go to Sokovia with you. Like, what's the deal?" And Captain's just like, "Hey, you're trying to find my friend Bucky Barnes." And <laughs> oh, he's like, "Yep, still trying to find him." Then we cut to Thor and Tony Stark talking with Robin and uh, Don Cheadle. Oh, it's Don Cheadle, yeah, right? Because that's when Don Cheadle tells, like, he's like, and that's when I dropped the tank, and I'm like, "Here you go," and nobody laughs at it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also funny that it's like, yeah, the Avengers know that he's B-list and he's having a great time on his own. Yeah, but then they ask like, oh, what's uh, Natalie Portman and Pepper Potts doing? And then Tony Stark and Thor just like, oh, you know, they're doing stuff. They're, they're busy. Yeah. Pepper's running a company and, you know, Natalie Portman's just off somewhere else. Trying to win a Nobel Peace Prize, something like that. <laughs> they try to have like a girlfriend off, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and then, oh, and then we see Black Widow and Bruce Banner flirting again at the bar, which was a little bit more effective, where she's like, hey, I'm in, kind of interested in this guy. He's, you know, a little dorky, but he's got this other side to him that he never wants to show people. And he's like, and she's like, I don't know, what should I do? And he's like, you should jump in. You should, you, you should go for it, right? And then she walks away, and Captain America just walks up to him and is like, hey, uh, you shouldn't wait too long, because I waited 80 years being frozen in ice. So don't fuck this up, Bruce. Yeah. Basically what he said. Yep. And then we get a quick little cameo from Stan Lee. Yeah, that was funny because it's like all these World War II veterans who I, part of me really hopes that they were actually Cap's friends from like the past. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. If there was some kind of thing where it's like, you remember when we were like the Howling Commandos together, but then (laughs) Stan Lee asks Thor for like whatever his like alien alcohol is. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is funny because he pours himself a drink and then he pours Captain America a drink and he's like, this has been aged in a thousand years of like dragon's egg. 
and it almost kills Stanley, which <laughs> is a bad, bad thing uh, to say now. <laughs> and so now the party's over, all the Avengers are hanging out, and they have this quick little scene of everyone trying to pick up Thor's hammer, but they can't do it because they're not worthy. It's quick, but it's really funny and very, yeah. like, Josh Whedon-esque. Like. Yeah, and it does set up the next part really well, because mm-hmm. meanwhile, Loki's scepter kind of, like, starts thinking for itself, and it starts talking to Jarvis, and it starts going onto the internet and, like, going into Jarvis' server and figuring out what things are. And when he learns about information about the Avengers, he's he's horrified. He doesn't like it. He's been told that his program is to bring peace, but all that he sees is war and destruction. And at some point, he gets very scared and angry and just destroys Jarvis. Starts assembling himself and putting his mind into a robot. And uh, as the Avengers are talking about, oh, who's worthy? The robot walks out and is like, None of you are worthy. Right. And then they have a quick little scene where all these other robots come alive and start attacking people. And it's fine. It's cool. Like, I I would say the main thing I like from this movie is how all the Avengers sort of help each other defeat enemies, Mm -hmm. especially Thor and Captain America. Yeah. Where, like... Thor, or, like, a Cap will have a robot in his arm, and then Thor will, like, knock the head with his hammer and everything. it shows that they've, like, developed, like, a working relationship, and they know how each other's powers work. Mm-hmm. That, that, that works well, but they defeat all the robots, but it's too late. They figure out that this program called Ultron uh, has escaped into the internet, and he's just kind of living through that. The whole team realizes what Tony and Bruce have done. Uh, Thor gets real mad and starts choking him. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be like, you you can't just play with powers beyond your control. We don't know what that thing does. That's basically it. They have a, a big argument. And now they're trying to like do more research about the whole... Oh, uh, so then we actually cut back in Sokovia with Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, which I don't know how this happened, but apparently they were contacted by someone to meet them at a church in Sokovia. And they go there and they see that it's Ultron, but he's in like a much bigger, cooler robot body. It's nice. Uh, It's very nice. (laughs) And basically he convinces the two of them to join their fight because they both hate Tony Stark and to basically figure out a way to start the world anew, to rid the world of the Avengers and to bring a new order to things. Right. And from there we cut back to Avengers Tower. They're still trying to do research, but Ultron has erased himself from the internet, so they start going through like... So many celebrities wish they could erase themselves from the internet. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So they start going through through, like actual physical files and uh, meanwhile they've learned that the guy, the Baron von Strucker guy the one that was conducting all the experiments has been killed and they're like oh okay so we don't know exactly what Ultron's plan is since he killed the guy that had Loki Scepter in the first place right and when they're going through certain files of trying to find out who Strucker's accomplices were Tony recognizes someone. Yes, and it's one of his old business buddies. This guy named Claw. I don't remember his name, actually. In the his movie. name is Ulysses Claw. Ulysses Claw, yes. played by Andy Serkis. Like, man. Andy Serkis as a human being. Like, he's not in a mocap <laughs> suit. Andy Serkis is in live in person. He's not King Kong right now. He's not <laughs> Gollum. He's not Caesar. <laughs> no, he's just, he's Ulysses Claw. And they realize that Ultron is trying to build himself a better body. And to do that, he's going to use this substance called uh, vibranium. Yeah. And it's from this weird country called Wa- Wakanda? Oh, Wakanda. Oh, That's what it is. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if that will ever come back. <laughs> and they real and they they find out that Claw has uh, a lot of uh, Wakandan. I want to call it adamantium, but that's the fucking. I know. I, I I'm avoiding saying that because yes. when I did the podcast with Sagar, yeah. I literally said adamantium all the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> but it's vibranium. Uh, Claw has the vibranium. So they so uh, we cut to South Africa mm-hmm. where Claw is making weapons. But the twins burst in, and they try to intimidate Claw, and he's not intimidated. 
until Ultron shows up, grabs him, throws him down the stairs, and is like, all right, you're going to give me the, the vibranium that I want. And is somehow in the, in the uh, ensuing argument, he cuts off Claw's hand. Well, he gets triggered because he's like, oh, okay, yeah, we have this deal. Like, you can take the vibranium for X amount of money. And then Ultron uh, gives him the money? Yeah, or Ultron, like- because of his access to the internet, is able to transfer all of the funds that, uh, that Claw needs into his bank account. And so now he's like, oh, wait, uh, Ultron says something that Tony Stark always said. And he's like, wait, Tony Stark said that. Oh, he, you're working for him. And man, <laughs> Ultron just gets triggered. And he's like, I'm not I'm not Tony Stark. I'm my own guy. And he cuts off his hand. Yep. And then I want to say he says something like, OK, I may have overreacted a bit. Yeah. But like, yo, he doesn't have a hand. <laughs> the thing is, that is great about James Spader, though, like. He, he is such a great performance in this where it's just this version of like, yeah, robotic and knows everything, but also kind of like flies off the handles like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm still kind of learning like how, how people interact with each other. Yeah. And then so now Claw doesn't have a hand and he's like, oh, what the hell? And then the Avengers come and Tony's like, come on, son, I expected better from you. And he's like, shut up, dad. <laughs> and so uh, Tony as Iron Man and Ultron uh, take to the skies to fight. Meanwhile, the rest of the Avengers, Thor and Captain America, uh, Hawkeye and, Scar- and uh, uh, Black Widow start fighting Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. But Scarlet Witch is able to basically mind control everybody except for Hawkeye. And in the, in the chaos, Scar- uh, Black Widow starts seeing visions of her past, of her time being like a Russian spy and a time that she didn't like. Captain America sees kind of like a vision of what he wishes life could have been where he would just be partying it up in World War II and being to ha- being able to be with Peggy Carter as much as he wants. Uh, and then Thor sees a vision of things that could be, and he sees Asgard just, like, in total, like, Sodom and Gomorrah, just, like, total chaos, and uh, Idris Elba's Heimdall shows up and tells him that he's uh, the reason for the destruction of, of all of Asgard. It's the apocalypse as they know it. He has failed, and... Uh... Idris Elba is blind and you can't do it and like Thor's really freaked out now and you know the, yeah. we're probably going to talk about this a little mm-hmm. but like we definitely saw what Ragnarok was supposed <laughs> to be. We saw Joss Whedon's version of what Ragnarok was going to be. Yeah uh, and we ended up getting uh, Jeff Goldblum uh, talking about orgies at his birthday. <laughs> which it's my birthday! <laughs> I love uh, we'll get back to that. Uh, so yeah, basically the Avengers are put out of commission. Hawkeye is able to basically take down both Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver like by himself, right? which is really cool. Uh, he starts to scramble to get the Avengers uh, back to the ship, but Scarlet Witch in kind of like a daze is really angry. So she goes to uh, the jet where Bruce Banner's been hiding because he's like, I don't want to go in unless it's an emergency. Uh, and she mind controls him to become an, an out of control Hulk. Mm-hmm. So after Tony's dispatched with Ultron's like body, and he's like, you know, this is actually not anything. If you haven't learned, I'm in the internet. So like, sucks to suck. <laughs> yeah, come on, Tony, you're smarter than that. He but uh, I guess it made a complete Star Lord on that one. Yeah, he did. Oh man, triggered, triggered, <laughs> triggered. Uh, Move your hands. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so he gets told that and. Tony from in the distance sees the Hulk running towards, I can't tell, is it it's supposed to be Cape Town or is it just supposed to be some city in South Africa? Oh, either one works, really. But yeah, it's a major city in South Africa, and Hulk is like just running towards it and just destroying everything in his path. Meanwhile, Tony flies to the city 
and calls in the big guns. Oh, snap. He calls in Veronica. And Veronica is this program that he's developed in case Hulk ever goes crazy and no one can calm him down. Traps him in this big metal thing while he puts on a giant suit of armor called the Hulkbuster. And the two of them have a knockdown dragout fight throughout South Africa. Like, destroying everything. Yeah, and it's pretty bad. It's like, yeesh. Um, I mean, the, the thing that I do give this movie credit for that I think a lot of people just kind of move away is like, oh, there's so much destruction, they don't care about the city. But, like, Tony's working really hard not to, like, hurt anybody. He's, like, trying to aim for the correct way. And, like, even though he's destroying the street, he's, like, aiming perfectly so it, like, won't hurt anybody. But the Hulk is out of control, so it ends up hurting a lot of people. Yeah, my favorite part was at the end when he's got the Hulk up in the air with him. And he's like, uh, I don't know, Veronica, how far, how quickly can we buy this building? And then he just <laughs> drops the Hulk in the building and everything's just like, boom, 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 and it goes all over the place and the building just collapses down. And then that's when the Hulk, like, sort of goes back into a fade for a little bit, but then he gets, like, this extra juice of, like, no, I need to attack people, and then Tony knocks him out. Well, in that moment, as the Hulk, he sees that so many people are scared of him, that they're, like, ready to kill him, and then he kind of gets angry, and then Tony knocks him out. And so then they kind of get back on their jet, and uh, everybody hates the Avengers now. They're they're a a global pariah, and they are, are not safe anywhere. Well, it's more... Bruce Banner is like yeah. he's about I mean, to. Get... But I mean, he's associated with the Avengers, so like they they don't like him, and they saw Iron Man fighting him in the street, so it's kind of hard to tell that this was not uh, a disaster. That's true. Which is a thing that I do like about the MCU, which we can get back to a little bit later. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they're in the jet and they're flying somewhere. Hawkeye's driving them, uh, and they don't really know where they're going. But every, everybody's not feeling good. Yeah, uh, Robin from How I Met Your Brother tells him, like, hey, guys, like, I can't tell you anything. You just need to keep it on the DL right now. Just yeah. go somewhere where there's no cameras, basically. And Hawkeye's like, I got an idea. And, and so it, he takes them to this, like, like large farm area. There's a big farmhouse and a barn out back. And he lands the jet there. looks like nobody's around. And they go up to the house, and he's like, what is this? And it's like, oh, this is a safe house. And then they walk inside the house, and he goes, Honey, I'm home. <laughs> and uh, a pregnant Linda Cardellini walks out. You mean Velma? <laughs> Sorry. I'm pre- oh, Jesus. Uh, that was too recently. A pregnant Velma walks out and uh, gives him a kiss. These two children walk up, and they're like, Dad! And he hugs them. And then everyone realizes... Oh, Hawkeye's a character. Yeah. And then <laughs> everyone, when they first saw this, was like, all right, so Hawkeye is dying. <laughs> yes. because well, He's, he's talking been... about how he's going to retire soon. He's two days from retirement and everything. Yeah, he's, like, been ready for it. So now we, the movie definitely slows down right here. Yeah, it slows down, and this is kind of where people usually are either in it or they're against it well it is like a bunch of this is where a lot of the setting up happens because now thor walks out and he's like i need to go i need to figure something out and then captain america and iron man is like what and he just flies off like okay and now this is where we had the scene between scarlet witch Uh, sorry black widow and bruce banner so they're showering it up yeah and and then uh this is when cap and tony have their first like really big fight where they're deciding where cap's like how could you do all this? Uh, and then Tony's like, "Where Thor didn't tell us where he was going. And Cap's like, people don't usually tell me things anymore. I thought, I was hoping he would be the only one. Yeah, and they get into it a little bit about 
the ethics of what they've been doing. Yeah, and it's basically just setting up civil war, which... I mean, kind of. It definitely feels organic to the story, but it also feels like we want them to argue. Yeah, well, because they've been pretty buddy... No, I guess they haven't well, been the buddy buddy. They, they were pretty uh, against each other. Like, they have, like, the, the like one of those famous exchanges in recent movies where it's like... Take away the suit and what are you? And he's like, a billionaire. Genius billionaire or playboy philanthropist. <laughs> which is like, yeah, he is. Uh, but then their argument gets interrupted because Velma asks him to fix the tractor in the barn. So Tony goes to the barn, and the tractor looks all right, but uh-oh, Nick Fury steps out. Oh, snap. And cool reveal there, man. Sure. Cool reveal there. You, you could have just, you know... Yeah, he could have just been <laughs> there. the sea theatrics. He, um. he knows. <laughs> he knows. And that's when Nick Fury tells them, it's like, hey, uh, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s still on the DL, and we can't really do anything for you. I'm mostly here to just provide an inspirational uh, speech yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically he he gives them the update they realize that the, what the, what Ultron's actually trying to do with all the vibranium and stuff is not like make weapons and stuff he's trying to create like a body that is both human and machine at the same time so then we cut to Ultron being at this like South Korean lab where one of the Avengers uh, friends who helped patch up uh, Hawkeye earlier Helen Cho Helen Cho she's She's, like, a scientist responsible for, like, this, like, really quick regeneration. And Ultron basically forces her to... Well, he uses the Loki scepter to mind control her into wanting to create this new body that is part human, part vibranium. Uh, it looks like the perfect vessel for, for an artificial intelligence. And so they start doing that, and there's a body being made underneath. And how does Tony leave? Uh, basically, they all figure out that... They, they want to figure out a way to, like, draw out Ultron to, like, fig- to get him there. So Tony is going to go to this place, uh, this, like, uh, internet lab in Oslo, where he'll, like, decrypt some, like, nuclear codes as, like, a, an incentive for, for Ultron to show himself. Meanwhile, Fury, Robin, and Bruce Banner are going to go and try and get some reinforcements and the rest of them are going to try and go to the lab in South Korea to try and head off Ultron and get to uh, Helen before they can before she can make this body for him. So they're all on the move. But at the meanwhile, the twins show up to the lab, and and before Scarlet Witch wasn't able to read Ultron's mind because he's all machine, but because he's uploading his mind into this body, she's able to like read the mind of the lifeless body, and basically she just reads destruction and mayhem. And she's like, you want to destroy the world. She's like, you lied to me. And he's like, oh, shit. Well, I mean, from a certain point of view, I want to destroy <laughs> and then it. And like, grab Scarlet Witch and they just bolt out of there. Well, and then she makes uh, the doctor, yeah. like, unhypnotize and whatever. And then she tries to casually be like, okay, yeah, I can take this to the truck or whatever. And then Ultron immediately knows and just fucking, like, shoots her. <laughs> yeah, he shoots her and then realizes that they're not safe. Uh, he unplugs himself from the body. And him, he and his robots like move out to the to like this truck, and Ultra and they Ultron starts uploading his brain back into the body. Uh, but meanwhile, Captain America has like gotten to the lab, and he's found the truck, and he's on top of the truck, and he and Ultron have a big fight. Yeah. Even though, I mean, Cap should probably be losing this fight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ultron is an ultra intelligent like. He's punching metal. Yeah, he's punching metal, which I guess is supposed to just show how strong Cap is. 
I, sure. Sure. That's but, no shaggy strength. But. Yeah, no shaggy strength, but... Uh, <laughs> How did we not make a joke about that? <laughs> Damn it. But then uh, Black Widow drops down into her helicopter, insta- or not her helicopter, uh, onto her motorcycle, provides a little assistance for Cap. Meanwhile, Hawkeye's driving the, sh- driving the uh, big fluid flying ship, and basically all- Cap is able to get Ultron's like main body like away from the new body that he's making. Uh, Black Widow hops into the truck, is like trying to like disconnect the body from from the truck. And so she successfully does that. The body goes into Hawkeye's uh, airplane, whatever, but she gets caught by Ultron. And so like, oh no, what's going to (laughs) happen? And so now Captain America is also off because he was fighting Ultron in a train. And now Ultron like just disconnected himself or something like that, right? Yeah. Well, he's able to like escape. Okay. And yeah, Ultron is able to grab Black Widow, but not the body. And he flies back to Sokovia. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Cap convinces Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch to be on their side, and he's like, uh, he tells Scarlet Witch to stop the train from getting out, from going out of control. Quicksilver saves all the pedestrians. Yes. Uh, and basically, at that point, it's a little bit of an uneasy alliance. Well, because then they also point the twins point out like, hey, so like, where's Stark and what's he doing? And Captain's like, he's doing the right thing, and they're like. Is, is he? he? <laughs> <'Cause> and then <laughs> they're like, I've, she's like, I've seen inside his brain. I don't think he's going to be doing the right thing. So, <laughs> And then Cap's like, oh, damn, they're right. <laughs> and, so, then they, okay. <laughs> but, and then they immediately like go to uh, Tony's lair being like, oh, you're doing something bad. But yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, we have yeah Hawkeye that. brings the body to uh, Tony and Bruce who are at Avengers Tower. Uh, and Bruce is like, all right, so we're going to destroy this thing, right? And Tony's like, well... <laughs> We could, but also I just discovered Jarvis is actually alive, and I want to put Jarvis and not Ultron into this body so that we can have kind of more of a fighting chance uh, against against Ultron. And Bruce is just like, I'm stuck in a time loop. <laughs> this is the exact same mistake as before. And yeah, and Cap, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver show up, and they're all like, "Tony, this is a bad idea." And he's like, "No, it's gonna work this time, guys." Yeah. And uh, Quicksilver just like you takes out the plug immediately. And he's like, "All right, what are we talking about now?" And a bullet comes underneath him, and Quicksilver is like, "What?" And he falls through. <laughs> Hawkeye like traps him. And he's like, "Didn't see that coming, did you, youngling, or something like that?" Yeah, this is the same thing that Quicksilver said to him earlier, right? Uh, and so now everyone's fighting with each other. It's all mayhem, and then fucking Thor just <laughs> comes out of nowhere and lightning. Oh, we didn't stop Thor's we, thing. It doesn't matter. Oh, he uh, Thor okay. went on this journey. He figured out what's what's going on because in his vision, like earlier, he saw these weird flashes, and he went into this uh, hot, cool, tub. hot tub. <laughs> he went into Thor's jacuzzi, and because of the powers of the jacuzzi, he was able to realize that all the things that are happening are derived. From and from what's called the Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. and uh, they realized that Loki's scepter actually housed one of the Infinity Stones, and Ultron had put the Infinity Stone into the forehead of the body that he was trying to have, so that he could have the powers of the the thing that he was working with. And basically, in his vision, Thor saw that Loki's scepter, the Tesseract from the first Avengers, uh, the Orb from Guardians of the Galaxy and the Ether from Thor of the Dark World all were Infinity Stones. Yes. And so, yeah, that happens. So that <laughs> happens. So Thor basically just busts in and just lightning bolts the body to give it that extra power boost that it needs. And suddenly the body shoots up and wakes up, puts on a little makeup. 
and everyone like aims all their weapons at this floating creature now who sounds a lot like Jarvis. Yeah, interesting. Very he interesting. He starts kind of going into a bit of a monologue about what it means to be alive and like looking out into the world for the first time. And he's like, I'm very sorry for everything that has been you've been put through. Uh, then everyone's like, what happened? And Thor explains what the Infinity Stones are to everybody else, that the thing that is in this guy's forehead is an Infinity Stone, and we we need someone on our side with that kind of power because that's basically what's powering Ultron as well. Yes, and uh, I need to just add real quick that I'm glad they did not uh, Watchmen this scene. What do you mean Watchmen this scene? You know, there's a certain character that is naked throughout the oh, whole time of Watchmen. Got and, it, you know, yeah. They, <laughs> well, and this one, yeah, the... Uh, the <laughs> With the character now formally known as Vision. Uh, <laughs> he just has that little sign that's his name. <laughs> yeah, he shows up and he's pretty naked, but they do a good job obscuring him. And then he immediately just like, Close. like, yeah. like pro- almost like provides his own suit. And then he looks at Thor, sees that he's got a cape and just grows a cape, <laughs> uh, which is, which is funny. And basically at that point, Vision again does another monologue about how he doesn't truly see a good or evil side. He just sees the way that humanity is and what he thinks that humanity deserves to have versus what Ultron is. And he still thinks that Ultron is a a beautiful creature, but he's very much going to ruin the entire world. Mm -hmm. So he's like, all right, I'm on your side, guys. And they still don't know if they can trust him. So he's like, I know you can't trust me, but somehow you're going to have to. And he picks up Thor's hammer and offers it to Thor. And everyone in the theater, when he watches, was like, oh, like, Just as a thing, the first time I saw the movie, uh, it was with, I think you were there too, it was with our friend Lane. Yeah. yeah. And Lane had already seen the movie twice before. And the second that the the camera cuts to show that he's picked up the hammer, she let out the most (laughs) blood-curdling scream I've ever heard. And that was her third time seeing the movie. (laughs) Oh, man. Because they had that whole thing earlier where it's like, no one's worthy enough to pick up my hammer. Yeah. Which... And that's that's a perfect setup and payoff. Yep, good job, good job. There's good screenwriting here, man. Good screenwriting. There actually is good screenwriting here. Yeah. But yeah, so basically at that point, once they see that he can lift the hammer, they're like, yeah. He's legit. We can trust him. And so now we go to Sokovia, yes. where um, Ultron is starting his major plan, and it's basically, and we tell Scarlet Witch his plan, right? And yeah. He's like, oh, I have all this vibranium not adamantium <laughs> and i'm going to make it like a like a huge comet and i'm going to pull it out from the earth and then drop it down killing everyone and uh yeah so it's basically just going to be like another dinosaur comet to like make the whole planet go extinct uh and he's basically also made himself a new body that's basically all vibranium he's got new robot soldiers and then the avengers show up and just and, kick ass, really. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to describe this, like, yeah. sequence without just kind of, like, just going for it. Where the Avengers figure out where Ultron is. They start fighting the robots. Bruce Banner goes and rescues Black Widow. And she's like, I, she's like, all right, this is great. Are you going to, you know, become Hulk? And, she, and he's like, I don't think I can. And she's like, and that's what I love about you. She kisses him and pushes him down the hole. Like a very oh, deep my. hole. So that he can become scared and angry and he just hops back out of the hole as the Hulk. Well, you see, it represents, like, she has to push Banner down and suppress him so the Hulk can come up, you know? Yes. It's it's like like poetry, you know? It's like poetry. (laughs) Ultron has started his plan of, of raising part of Sokovia up into the air. And a lot of people have been able to escape, but there's still a lot of people trapped on the, on the floating island. And basically the Avengers are just like, 
all right, we need to figure out how to minimize the casualties, but also stop this thing from from destroying everybody. Uh, but meanwhile, we got to fight all these robots first. Yep. And yeah, they fight all the robots. Yeah. It, it's really <laughs> badass. It's really it's cool. cool. It's like the half uh, last half hour <laughs> of this, really. And at some point, uh, Nick Fury and Robin from How I Met Your Mother show up with one of the big like carriers from the first Avengers, and they start setting up, sending out all these pods to pick up the, the civilians, and they start taking all the civilians over. And so, and so yeah, basically when the, while they're doing that, a uh, war machine shows up out of nowhere, I guess, and he's protecting the civilians. So the, what Ultron's waiting for is for the, 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 co- the land to lift up high enough so that when he hits a button, it'll start dropping. So the Avengers surround the button and start fighting off robots, which... And is really cool. Yeah, it's really like, cool. Because it's all the main six and, and Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in the Vision, like all fighting an army of robots just in this one tiny area. It's, it's really cool. cool. It's really cool. Uh, I can't ding this. Yeah. So, yeah, they just like continue to fight, really. Um, they beat up Ultron a little bit, and they're saving everyone, and it gets to the point where... Everyone is saved. Hawkeye hops onto this one ship and is about to leave. And then this one mom's like, no, my son. And he sees the sun far away. And he's just like, ah, okay. And like, at this, at, also at this point, uh, Ultron's like been like actually beaten pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Like Thor, Vision, and Iron Man all like team up to like melt his face, which is also pretty cool. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, we also, that's also kind of shows how much vibranium can take, which is the power of an infinity stone, the power of a god. And like all the power of like an uh, an arc reactor like substance, and then it just kind of starts melting. Yeah. So, but Ultron's been powered down. He runs away into uh, one of the jets, and as Hawkeye is running to save this kid, Ultron is like driving by in his jet, and he just starts firing the machine gun at the ground. And Hawkeye has the kid. He's ready to just like he turns and he's ready to take the bullets. And everyone in the theater's like, "Yeah, I yep. saw this coming. Everyone all saw right, coming. cool, cool, cool." And then, but what? What Quicks, happens? Quicksilver runs in, throws a car in front of them, but the bullets are too fast, and Quicksilver is just like just riddled with bullets. Yeah. And the last thing that he says is he looks at Hawkeye and he says, "Bet you didn't see that coming." Yep, and it's and like falls ooh. to the ground. And Scarlet Witch, uh, because of like her kind of twin telepathy with him, knows that he's died. She goes into an angry rage, destroys almost all the robots, and runs off to fully finish off Ultron. Basically, Hulk also at this point has put Scarlet, or not Scarlet, uh, it's so hard, <laughs> Black Widow onto the helicarrier and jumps in, like, in a single leap is able to launch himself into Ultron's ship, throw him out, and just sit at the driver's seat. Uh, Scarlet Witch goes to Ultron, rips out the heart of, like, like a literal, like a, basically like, made himself a heart. Yeah. And rips it out of his chest and is like, this is what you did to me. Uh, destroys Ultron's, like, super body. Vision comes in and rescues her. They save the comet yeah, thing s- from falling down. Yeah, basically, uh, the, one of the robots hits the button and it starts falling down. Tony has a plan where he, like, he basically heats up the core of the, the planet so that it's a lot more fragile. And as, as it's lowering, he tells Thor to, like, hit the, hit the button and split up the, uh, uh, to basically split up the ground. And it falls into these smaller pieces so that it only falls in the water and is less of a destruction to the Earth. Yep. And so, yeah, everything's yeah. saved, and there's only a single robot left that yes. has Ultron's, like, mind and personality in it. And he thinks he's about to get away, but, uh-oh, Vision pops down, 
And then they have like this conversation about like humans and life yeah. around it, and and it's it's we it's it's a weird conversation because I don't know what they're going for. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it's going for because I think in a movie where they talk about the themes more, it would have made more sense because Ultron knows that he's basically defeated. He's uh, Vision was able to like get into his mind and block him out of the internet, so he can he's only got this one body left that he can't escape from, and and they just talk about humanity and the uh ultron's like they're flawed and they're going to destroy themselves and vision's like yeah probably (laughs) like is and he said isn't that kind of the beauty of things is that there will be an end to them and i'm like we can we can debate this vision we can debate this uh but yeah vision destroys the last body well (laughs) ultron goes oh you're so gullible and vision goes maybe but I was born yesterday. And then, boom! No <laughs> more Ultron. And Black Widow tries to convince Hulk to, you know, hop out of the jet and come back to them. But Hulk shuts her off. And because he's, he's seen the destruction he has wrought. Yeah, he's like, but he's not in the anymore. Nope, he's, he's not. He's still the Hulk. And you just see the jet just flying off out of the atmosphere. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We, so, we won't touch on that. Yeah. So, but then we cut to a little while later. We're at Avengers HQ, which is now no longer in New York City, but in upstate New York, kind of in a more secluded location. Probably smart. Which is smart. Uh, Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man kind of talk about what uh, what they're going to do next. Thor's going to go look for the Infinity Stones. Uh, Tony's going to kind of do more philanthropy stuff and leave the Avenging to Captain America. Black Widow finds out that uh, they may have found the Hulk's jet, but they haven't found the Hulk yet. Yeah, and they think he's in Fiji or something, which, like... Man, that sounds like a good spin-off episode. Yeah, that'd be a great one. Hulk, Hulk goes to Fiji, and he's just, like, trying to relax, gets a tissue massage, is drinking a coconut with mm. alcohol on it. It's pretty great. He needs it, man. He, he's earned it. He needs a detox. Yeah, but then uh, they... Yeah, so they're at the Avengers facility, and basically the final moment, Cap and Black Widow start talking, and they're like, all right, uh, we don't have some of our old favorites, but these new guys, we I bet we can whip them into shape. And they step out into the main hangar, and out pops War Machine, Falcon, Vision, and Scarlet Witch. You know, the team you assume is the Avengers. <laughs> yep, and so then he goes, Avengers? <gasps> Cut to black. Cut to black, and then we see the credits, and, but then we see the mid-credits scene mm-hmm. in which one purpley boy puts on a golden glove and says, Fine, I'll do it myself. Is he, what's he talking about during that? I assume he's talking about finding the Infinity Stones for himself. Okay. Because... I, I couldn't figure... I remember leaving the theater being like, what What have you done, man? I, I guess it's he like, sent Loki to try and, you know, take over Earth and try and find different stones himself uh, before. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that this scene takes place right before Infinity War starts. Okay. Like, that's how I imagined it, because we see, like, a very distraught Peter Dinklage who, like, feels like he's just made the gauntlet... And we see Thanos has, like, just started, like, to invade the planets to go look for the Infinity Stones. Yeah, I mean, Thanos could have saved himself a decade if he actually had done it. (laughs) Well, because I think that was just the, you know, the hubris of Thanos just being like, I'm the king, I can sit back and watch other people do it. And then he's just like, oh, I should have just done this from the start. Yeah. (laughs) But that's Avengers Age of Ultron, Yes, woo! All right, recapping it, any uh, different thoughts or anything like that? Uh, It definitely gets convoluted. Like, especially in the action sequences, which is typical of action movies with a lot of characters, because every they truly try to do a good job of giving everybody, maybe not an arc, 
but a, a through line, yeah. like something to follow. And they do a good job of that. It's just hard to recap and kind of remember what happens when you've got so many stories that you're following. Yeah. I definitely think this was a learning curve in a way, but like, it's not terrible, you know? Yeah. Like, there's just a few, a few arcs that I wish they had like actually done something with because they hint at a lot of them. Like they hint at, uh, you know, the, the main one is obviously Tony trying to figure out if he should be protecting the earth. Or if he should, you know, let the team do its thing. And I don't really know where they stand on it. Mm-hmm. All he knows is that he played, he tried to play God and he, you know, he, uh, that backfired on him. The first time it did, the second time it worked out, <laughs> but I guess it, it was Thor really that decided that. Yeah. So that it's, it's a murky area because they needed someone strong enough to be Ultron. Uh, Thor's arc is that he... knows where the Infinity Stones are. Yeah, it's like, I'm glad you took a bath. You know, probably could have been helpful in a lot of this. He's just kind of the manpower. He didn't really have, like, a story. Yeah. Caps is kind of deciding between the life that he wanted to have and the life that he's leading. But we never see, like, any change or any decision that he makes. Yeah. We just see that in his vision, he really wanted to be with Peggy Carter and live a normal life. And when they're, like, at Hawkeye's house, he, like, kind of is standing in the doorway looking into it and being like, oh, this is where I could be. But then he also just calls the shots for all of the Avengers moves. Yeah. And you don't really see, like, a moment where he's like, maybe I should stop what I'm doing and just do live this normal life. Who do you think has the biggest character arc in this movie? (laughs) It's weirdly the Hulk. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I kind (laughs) of think it's the Hulk. I would have said Hulk or Scarlet Witch, like the twins maybe, but like yeah. even them, well, it's sort of like, well... There's no arc, it's just them being tricked it by Ultron, yeah. and then like, oh, that's the wrong thing to do. Like, they still mostly reluctantly join the Avengers. Yeah. Because the Avengers never tell them, hey, we're the good guys because of what we do. Yeah. It's mostly like, oh, we need to stop the Earth from being destroyed, and then they just wind up on their side. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you that it's probably the Hulk, in a weird way. Yeah, cause, well, because his... His arc is the one that's the most defined where it's there's a beginning where he's like this super powered thing and Black Widow's there to, you know, calm him down. And he even asks when they're fighting the bad guys, like, hey, did I, I hope I didn't hurt anybody. And then the next battle when they're fighting Ultron, he's like, I'm going to stay on the, sh- on the ship. Um, you only tell me when it's a code green. And then he gets, you know, mind controlled and starts destroying the city. And that's when he sees firsthand both as Thor, uh, not Thor, as the Hulk and as Bruce Banner, mm-hmm. that hit, what he does when his powers are unchecked is cause destruction and mayhem. And that's when uh, he's, you know, really sad. And he's like, I, I really want this more calm life, kind of like Hawkeye. Uh, and that's when he and Black Widow have their talk where it's like, I don't want to be the Hulk anymore. This is bad. And then finally, when he re- rescues Black Widow uh, and he's like, no, I'm not going to turn into the Hulk. We're going to run away and figure this out. And she basically forces him to turn into the Hulk, which it's a pretty, like, heart... Like, I mean, when you think about the, if it's the arc, that's the heart-wrenching part where she knows that if she pushes him, it's it's, it's not going to be a trustworthy experience ever again. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess they could touch up on that in Endgame, but, like, that's so, it's so far apart now where... Well, now, now Hulk has, like, a different arc that he's been going through since Ragnarok. Yeah. That, like, because I think he ha- he's had this three-movie arc for... Incredible Hulk, Avengers, Avengers 2, and then he's got this other three-movie arc with Ragnarok, Avengers 3, and then Avengers 4. Mm-hmm. 
Because the, yeah, it was him trying to learn to control his powers and realizing that he is too destructive. And then in the next set of three, it's him and the Hulk, like, learning to coexist and accepting that he is more than one person. Yeah. So if I'm saying that who's got an arc, it is probably Hulk first and then Tony second. Okay, yeah. But Tony doesn't really, like, learn a lesson, I want to say. He's just like, I tried this, I failed. We're going to try and do something else for a bit, guys. Yeah, they have storylines. They don't have arcs. Yeah. Which, again, you, you don't need necessarily to have a good movie, especially an ensemble piece where not everyone can have a fully-fledged arc where they have something happen. They have a belief. Something happens to challenge that belief, and they change. Yeah. You can't always have all that. No, that's very true. Uh, okay, is there anything else you would want to talk about before we jump into surgery? Uh, not specifically. I think we'll talk about some of the stuff when we get into surgery. All right, let's jump into surgery. Uh, is What is the first thing you would want to tackle? Personally, I do. I would rather see the Avengers as a group of friends, like, a little bit more. Like, we see them as a good, as a good working unit, like, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning fight. And then we see them be friendly with each other at the party. Uh, but a lot of that is, like, a lot of plot stuff and kind of like a beat by beat thing and the only friend moment they have is when they're like trying to lift thor's hammer yeah and they they talk about off-screen moments and especially when you see the battles and the fights it's like oh you can see that they have this relationship like some good chemistry going on like they seem like they would hang out with each other outside of work but it would be great if like instead of those conversations at the party where it's cap and falcon like discussing bucky stuff what if it was you know Cap and Falcon talking about Cap's desire to have this, like, normal life. Like, what if instead, you know, they had a conversation about it, where it was something like that, where it's like, hey, man, like, you know, it's it's not all that bad, because you got a family of people right here, you know? Yeah. A family of supers. Family. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. They, they could, they should point that out a bit more, like, how, I mean, because in actuality, like, Captain America is, like, so isolated like yeah. he really has no one in his own generation that he can talk to or like he's probably like and with the war veterans he could have talked to the war veterans and we could have seen that scene play out like hey i reckon i i identify with these guys more than i identify with these with my friends yeah i think that's a big thing that they messed up is like they he doesn't have a scene with them like being like oh like remember back in blah 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 yeah. like we did this how oh, we were crazy back then weren't we steve and he's just like more enjoying talking to him and then maybe like there's like steve can can you show me how to use text message and then he will be like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I've been faking it the whole time. <laughs> uh, but then the scene with, like, uh, Iron Man and Thor, like, you know, having the girlfriend competition. Uh-huh. Instead of it feeling like it's an explanation of, like, where these characters are, it, there could be, like, a moment where it, where they just start off bragging about their girlfriends. Uh-huh. And just like, oh, yeah, Pepper, you know, uh, runs the company that I have. And he's like, oh, well, uh, Jane is runs, like, the, the science department over here. And they kind of, like, almost, you know, do, like, a little fake fighting. And they, you know, play around. And then Thor does, like, a little off. Noogie on Iron Man. Something, I don't know, just something more buddy-buddy than polite cocktail conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Because that whole scene literally is just, like, catching you up on the movies that you haven't. And I'm glad they realize they don't need to do that anymore. Because it's sort of like, all right. We're in 22 movies. Like, yeah. you're a fan or you're not a fan. Like, it's also at this pretty point. easy to pick up on things, like, without having a recap. Yeah. Especially because the Bucky stuff doesn't matter to the movie. Yeah. And because the Pepper and Jane stuff doesn't matter to the movie. Like, they could have just replaced those with character building scenes. Yeah, they... Uh, 
I I get someone on Reddit would complain if you didn't have that like oh but where's Jane Foster and she's where's not Pepper? in the movie yeah. not in the movie just deal with it <laughs> got things to do uh, yeah it, it's the it's the stuff where they have to where they feel like they need to appease the the, the nitpickers yeah because they're so busy like dealing with the nitpickers that when they don't focus on the story at hand. They enter like a thousand new things to nitpick. Mm -hmm. And looking at this movie with hindsight, it sets up a lot and doesn't really pay it off. Yeah. Like, and this is especially with Ragnarok. Yeah. Wow. The thing though, do we script doctor this as we know now, or are we going to do it with the idea of it being 2015? Because. Uh. It would it would seem unfair to say, well, I'd doctor it so that Korg was in the <laughs> Ragnarok vision, because like because they didn't know that Taika Waititi was going to play a rock monster yeah. in 2015. I think in certain things that we talk about, we can talk about it like with the overall arching MCU plot, like because they knew all right at this point Thanos is going to come in and this probably will be his motivation or something. Mm-hmm. I have some notes that are a little unfair where it's like, well, this is how, you, in hindsight, how you should connect it. So maybe we could do like a separate, like one thing where we just talk about the script itself and then another section where we talk about, well, this is what they should have done knowing what we know now. Right. Okay. So let's continue with what the movie that we have right now. Which, I mean, I do agree though. We should have just taken out all of the foreshadowing. Yeah. Like, and that honestly isn't really the script's fault because I don't think J- Joss Whedon didn't really want to do it. No, man, he did not want to do that. There were so many things in this movie that he did not want to do that he was forced to do. Yeah, like, it, it, if you listen to the com- the director's commentary for Avengers 1, he's like really like into it. Like, oh yeah, I did this scene because it was like blah, blah, blah. And then in Va- Avengers 2, the commentary's like, so yeah, um... We were in Russia for this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hensworth had a funny joke. And, uh, it was great. It's, it's the tale of a broken man. It's, yeah. It's really rough. But he, uh, again, another thing where it's hard to script doctor because, like, the screenwriter did not want certain parts of it to be in there. And most of the things we're probably going to talk about are the stuff that he probably didn't want to be in there. Yeah. I mean, at this one, this movie is like to blame, I would say more on the studio. And if you've listened to the Sauger podcast, he talks about all the, like the committee basically that was there that forced him to do X, Y, and Z. I don't know if the committee was there at this point, but yeah, I mean, it it sort of feels like it was, I I think it was there. And I think this might've been that, because this is the midpoint of the entire, you know, series. Because Phase three has the most movies. Mm-hmm. Phase one has the least. So like you're kind of in the middle when you're at the end of phase two. Right. Because yeah, they it feels like because they do still have a committee later on, but it feels like the committee knows its voice better. Starting from uh, what was the movie after Ant Man? Uh, was that Guardians two? Mm. Or no, that was Civil War. Yeah, you're right. It was Civil War. Uh, yeah. So I think the committee really did hit its stride a little better in Civil War. I think some of they they had a few missteps in Civil War, but like it is overall a solid solid pick. Yeah, and it definitely, but it did start to feel like that was the first big movie by committee that still had somewhat of a of its own voice. Whereas this one definitely felt like here's Joss's voice, here's the committee, <laughs> and the committee doesn't really know what it wants to do yet. Yeah, and I think that also the directors of. Captain America, Civil War versus Josh Sweden, like it's the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a lot less stressful to have this workload on two people than it yeah. is on one. Well, especially coming from a world where they 
they worked under some pretty stressful television conditions. Yes. Arrested Development, like, were long shooting days and community. Like, Dan Harmon's a smart guy, but he also is a very tough boss. Yep. I have heard not great things about people who work for him. They're like, he's super smart and he makes great stuff, but he does work you really hard. So if you're going to be the directors for... Well, you know, one of the most influential series of the of the two thousands, and then also be the, the go to guys for Dan Harmon. You, you're going to work a little differently than Joss. <laughs> That's true. Because Joss is a very like hands on. Like this is my thing. I own this, and I will tell you what the final product is. Whereas the Russos are like, okay, we really like this. What's that? You want something? Here you go. Have it. Yep. So continuing back on some of the. Story things we want to fix for the current script that we have. Try to take out the foreshadowing as much as possible. Right. Like, all the stuff that's like, we think this will be what Ragnarok looks like, and we think Thor's going to try and look for the Infinity Stones. And maybe a Black Widow movie. Like, yeah, and maybe this is how the Avengers will die in the next Avengers. Yeah, that's like, real. it's really funny how that scene that Tony has with all of them dead yeah. are just like... <laughs> They should just be spoilers for Infinity War. It just should be dust, yeah. you know? He's like, what, what is this dust here? Because if they knew what was going to happen, that's what it was going to be. But also, part that leads into my next thing that I want to fix. Uh-huh. What is Scarlet Witch's power? Do, yeah. No, does she make them see visions of, like, their worst fears? Or do they actually see the future? Because when she hits at Thor, the Infinity Stones are not on his mind. Mm-hmm. He's not thinking about them whatsoever. And yet, in his visions, he starts seeing them and seeing that that's going to be a thing. He sees the eyes of the vision. Right. Like, opening. Do the powers access, like, someone's mind to see the future, as well as also show them their worst nightmares? It's just never well established, because everybody else has these kind of visions of, you know, either their worst nightmares or the things that they wish could be, which is equally like nightmarish and torturous Mm -hmm. did it show tony the future or did it show him the thing that he fears the most that's true i actually never thought about it in that context but that really doesn't make any sense now you think of now that you pointed that that out that's bothered me for four years now (laughs) it's like i because i i do i still i think it's really cool i really like the sequences of the nightmares Mm -hmm. i think they if you take the context of some of them being foreshadowy out of it i really like you know, seeing Black Widow's past and being like, oh, this was intense. I like seeing Captain America, like, go through the struggle of, like, this is what your life could have been, but you wanted to be the hero asshole. <laughs> like, you know, and I like seeing Thor, like, go through a problem he can't just fix by punching things. Yeah. But I don't get how her powers work, so I'm a little just confused while this process is happening. What would you want to fix with that? I would want them... I think we could combine these two things and just make her powers someone's worst fears like she she can access their minds and not see the future and we just clarify that and i hate i hate saying like we'll just tell them but like what if she she could just say oh yeah my things make you think that you're seeing the future or whatever but this is actually just your own mind playing tricks on you so thor could think that he's seeing ragnarok but it's actually just like what his worst nightmare is seeing Asgard descended to madness and mm-hmm. Heimdall like going blind. And it's Tony's worst fear that the thing that he saved them from in the first movie is just going to come back and all the things that he worked towards are going to be for nothing. Okay. 
And uh, guess what's happening with the Hulk too? Why is the Hulk running around uh, and destroying I, like? I, I, it's, I, yeah, I want to see what the Hulk is seeing because we don't really know. All we know is that she's invaded his mind and he's crazy. Right. But we don't know what he's seeing. What, what, something that I was thinking we should do with the script is that instead of the Hulk destroying the whole city or whatever, it should be all the Avengers. So now it's like, oh, we got Captain mm-hmm. America and Thor and Black Widow running around doing that. And Tony's the only one that's like normal trying to fight him. And then uh, Hawkeye uses it the same way that he mind controls everyone. He just gets an arrow yeah. to Scarlet Witch's head and she's like, Duh, and it saves everyone. But then now with this, because in the movie, it's just the Hulk. Everyone's like, damn you, Hulk, like, brr, whatever. That's sort of like, well, yeah, the Hulk's in the shitter, but not the rest of the Avengers. Mm -hmm. If we have this, now all the Avengers are like, yeah, we fucked up, guys. Like, that's bad. And then I think sort of setting up for Civil War, which, you know, their script is a lot more intact than (laughs) Infinity War is. It's like, well, we need these uh, accords because... You guys just randomly like destroyed the city. Yeah. Like that's not cool. And no, I think that'd be a good idea with, and especially doing it since there are six of them. Like dividing them three and three. Like it would mm-hmm. be, which it would be cool if it was Hulk, Thor, and like Cap are the ones that are fighting. They're like going crazy and like destroying stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it has to be up to Iron Man, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. Okay. To like to calm like to calm them down and do their thing. And so I guess we could have the Hulk and Black Widow in this scenario. Like they try the lullaby stuff and. We see it really works for a second. And then, I don't know, maybe Tony's like, oh, he's about to get attacked. She's about to get attacked and, like, smacks him. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, I was working, Tony, no. And then we get another scene with the relationship, I guess. But, I mean, it would it would almost be better if I think that if we're going to do it this way, that if Black Widow and Hawkeye, or not Hawkeye, Black Widow and Hulk would try and do the lullaby, and he actually, like, it doesn't work, and he, like, he doesn't, like, destroy her, but, like, he hits her and like she's she's hurt. Damn. And like that's when Hawkeye picks her up and that's when Iron Man puts on the suit and he's like, "All right, you can't do that anymore." And then that would almost make like the collateral damage feel a little bit more mm. unjustified because I don't like justified. Yeah. If you if anyone listened to the <laughs> Jupiter Ascending podcast, uh, I hate collateral damage for no reason. So, but it would feel like it, it would feel like he he would just be going for it and like have to have to make it work. Yeah. And then the two, you know, Hawkeye and Black Widow could easily try and take down a Thor and Cap, which I think would be fun for Hawkeye, is if Thor's, like, doing, like, a big charge of electricity and he shoots one of his electric arrows at Thor's head and it just makes all the electricity, like, just zap straight to him. <laughs> so it's, like, a supercharge and he, like, ex- uh, not like explodes, but, you know, there's yeah. an explosion and he falls to the ground. Okay. And then Hawkeye can f- be like, all right, I beat Thor. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, wow, I- I'm sort of the shit. Yeah. I'm going to tell my kids about this. Daddy beat Thor. (laughs) Yeah, and then, uh, you know, Cap and Black Widow end up fighting, and they do, like, a little struggle over the shield, and she just, like, bashes him in the head with the shield. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Now, so we briefly touched on it, but... So how do you really feel about Black Widow and Hulk being in a relationship? Like, I know it's very, like, in the MCU now, but, Mm -hmm. like, would you want that... If you could change it right now, would you want that to still happen? To change it, I'm, I'm a little torn on it mm-hmm. because I do actually like the relationship. It just, it feels a little bit forced, but I do, I do like the idea of it being Hulk and Black Widow because Hulk like has, you know, he's, he, his whole thing is he has, he's distancing himself from people forever. Uh-huh. Like that's his thing is he's like, I don't want to, 
hurt anybody. If I get close to people, I will hurt them. So if they have this relationship and he does end up hurting her, like that really puts like more of an emphasis on him wanting to leave the planet. And I, and I do like it. At the same time, I'm a little annoyed at it because it doesn't help the story overall. Uh-huh. And you are, you, we get more female characters later, but you are kind of pigeonholing your one main female character into having to be in a relationship. Yeah. Which I'm like, there's, it, they, they do such a good job of like having the relationship be like a B story for some things where, you know, Iron, Iron Man and Pepper, that's like a, an undercurrent where it's like, you know that they're going to get together, like they love each other and it's some other part of it. And then they finally get together. And yeah, like Thor and uh, Jane Foster, they have their own story, but the undercurrent of romance is there. Mm-hmm. This romance is just like thrown in there. It's just it's right there. That's yeah. their that's supposed to be their story, even though they should have focused on the Hulk's arc that he's been going through. I've gone back and forth about it too, but like I think in the long run, it really does work mm-hmm. because like you're right, we get to see this sort of side of the Hulk in a way. Yeah, it's just different, and and it would have been great to see him hurt her so that yeah, like, it could you could really see like. Oh, I'm I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna peace out and like be the champion of Sakar for a few years. <laughs> well, that and, should be something that he constantly beats himself up about. Is like I, I I can't love anyone anymore yeah. because I'm the last person I loved. I hurt her and blah blah blah. And, and that would have been a really great moment, and that would have been one of the defining moments probably of the MCU is seeing. A Hulk like punch Black Widow. I don't know. Let's well, just do know, a like, slap. I like mean, I, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like hit her like in a way that's like like how he did with uh, Loki. Yeah. Or, uh, does he smack Loki? He hits uh, Thor. Okay. In the first one, but yeah, no, I I kind of get what you're talking about. Yeah. Not and, in like, a comedic way. But also like this, the relationship with Black Widow leads to one of the best jokes in Thor Ragnarok, where Thor just looks at Hulk and he's trying to calm him down, and he just goes in Black Widow's voice. The sun's getting pretty low, big guy. <laughs> and I, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of Thor Ragnarok as much as most people oh, are. Oh, really? Wow. I like it. I uh-huh. like it. Uh-huh. Don't worry, it's not part Why of do the, you hate Thor Ragnarok, it's, Sam? It's not, part of, it's not part of the three that I was like, ugh, not the ones that I like. Uh-huh. I do like it. But I, that was the biggest laugh out loud moment because I, I wasn't expecting it, but I knew immediately what was happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I remember because we watched it together and I remember the entire theater just died when yeah. that happened because it's it's a it's a great joke it is it is chris hemsworth really comes in his own ragnarok yes i'm glad you know also it was weird seeing him with long hair yeah i've definitely liked the short hair now it feels it feels like his look yeah is good, the short hair now good good for you chris good for you. so is there anything you would want to specifically touch up on in the know. current script that we have there's it, one other thing that maybe we talk about but for me in general it's just tightening things up like I don't want to say tight enough because they the editing is like fast paced mm-hmm. like it's happening. Yeah, I I want to get rid of certain moments, but you do lose certain other moments when you get rid of them. And I'm not sure which ones I would do. I mean, I would definitely I think I would take out Thor's trip to the jacuzzi. Oh yeah, and just have him stay at the farmhouse Dude. and just and just be on Iron Man's side. Yeah, and so he just watch it like he could just stand off to the side during that part where it's like watching them fight <laughs> over like who, how who, if Vision wakes up or not. And he's just like, and just like hammers the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That would be funny. Like some, something like that. Just cause yeah, the trip to the jacuzzi takes way too long. And apparently the original version was a lot longer. 
What was the original version supposed to be? The original version was that Thor was going to climb into the jacuzzi, and there were actually going to be, like, three, like, maidens of the pool. Uh-huh. And, like, they would be the ones that show him the vision to be, like, we're, we're the people that uh, that guard over the, the portals to other realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were going to be the ones to be like, uh, there are there are dangers that you need to be aware of. But instead, they just cut it straight down to just shots of Thor in the jacuzzi, lightening it up. And somehow the pool itself is what gives him the vision, <laughs> rather than the people there that show him it. Because there's like an actress listed in the credits that says like Madam B or something, uh-huh. which I think is supposed to be one of them. And she's like a, a decently famous actress. I think it's Julie Delpy. Okay. Who's like been part of the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight like movies with Richard Linklater. Okay. But I think they just cut most of her stuff out. It sounds like it cut all of it out. Yeah. <laughs> but she's still in the credits for some reason, so maybe she's got something going on. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it would. it's really just finding any place where you can take out something. Mm-hmm. Just very unnecessary. And it's what we say most of the time, is take out the unnecessary plot stuff and put it in a character moment. Give, give Thor something. Give him some... He's the second build in the movie. He's got to have some character arc. Yeah, no. And again, not an arc, a character story. Yeah. Nope, I'm not disagreeing. One person I really feel bad for, and especially knowing how everything turns out in the MCU, the uh, Dr. Helen Cho. Man, is she just tossed to the side in all the other movies. She's never mentioned ever again, and she's a decently big part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, She's the reason that Ultron creates vision yeah i did not remember her at all re-watching this and being like what does she do in this and then i was like oh right she does x y and z yeah. and i remembered like seeing it for the first time be like oh wow this is just a random actress a random character that like could really do cool things and be you know a good background player like maybe you know in civil war she's there and she's patching up some of the avengers just being like you know, you guys gotta gotta take better care of yourselves. I can't keep patching you up or stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. I think they should use her more. Also, after this movie, Stellan Skarsgård is also gone forever. Who, sir? Uh, uh, the the professor that Thor goes to see. Oh, uh, I mean, but he had his fir- the first two Thors first two and Thors, everything. But, still, he's like, like, so, but then we we see a shot later on of both him and Helen Cho at Avengers Tower, or new the new Avengers headquarters, <laughs> meaning they work there. Like, there are all these people that work there, which also is confusing because in Civil War, we never see anybody working at the Avengers headquarters. <laughs> and especially in Infinity War, where they show up, and it's just Don Cheadle at the, the place. I'm like, where's, where's everybody? Yeah. And again, the problem with Vision is that he, you know, got stabbed and he's, like, dying. Helen Cho created Vision. She could have, like, at least checked on him in Infinity War at some point to be like, sorry, I can't fix him. Yeah, like I don't know anything. Yeah. It's it's just these things that are the unfortunate consequences of having intricate plot and character details like intrinsically linked to certain characters. Well, what do you think? And I don't remember her whole backstory or anything. But what if that character of Doctor Cho was Jane Foster? Like, is can we huh. suspend the disbelief that? Jane Foster is also really into medical science, like, because yeah. she's mostly, like, into... She's into physics and stuff. And yeah. Like the, the more, like, uh, uh, theoretical physics. Okay. So, but, I mean, she could also be, you know, into medicine. She's a, she's a doctor. She's yeah. She's Dr. Jane Foster. And so, like, yes, I know getting Natalie Portman would be a hard thing to well, do. she also rejected being in the movie. Oh, in the second one? In, in the first one and the second one. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. After that Dark World, she was just like, I'm done. Oh, lame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, it's not there. It's not the script's fault. But if they could bring her back, oh, I, yeah. do think, I do think that would be better. Because then, you know, you could, if, if Thor doesn't agree with bringing Vision to life, then maybe that could be an actual character thing, an argument, maybe. Yeah, maybe in Infinity War, like... Thor's hanging out with Vision. He's like, hey, man, I'm stabbed. I need you to call Jane. And he'll be like, oh, but it's going to be so awkward. It's broke up. <laughs> I just, Vision, can, can you just deal with this one? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and that's the thing, like, in Infinity War, if they had just mentioned once where it's like, yeah, we talked to Helen and uh, she can't do anything about Vision. As far as I remember, they don't do that. No, I seriously doubt. I mean, ugh, whatever. I feel bad for her, especially how yeah. she was probably really pumped to get this role. Yeah, because she, like, yeah. It's a, and she, you, you she, only get one MCU, you know, part. You can't get multiple. I mean, yeah, part of me hopes that, like, Endgame has way too many things to do. But part of me does hope that it gives a, mo- a, a tiny moment, maybe even a single shot for all of the forgotten characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like her, Stellan Skarsgård's guy. Uh, the kid from Iron Man 3 uh, that like he, he's like very much set up to be like ah you're gonna be the next Iron Man and then we don't talk about him since 2013 rip uh, rip I don't know more more people you know the the, the, the thief crew from Ant-Man like kind of the one part of Ant-Man that I liked well they're in Ant-Man 2 they are but like they really have nothing to do like, I, that, they put Michael Pena in the van just cause they can yeah that's true they just had to do something with him again. <laughs> and then T.I. is just off in the corner somewhere. He's like, hello. <laughs> I'm rap sensation T.I. <laughs> so is there anything before we move on to the what it should have been script? Yeah. Anything you want to talk about or do you just want to do that? No, I, I think we're good. I think the the main few broad strokes we've done and then the, you know, or the specifics of what we've done and the broad strokes of like, take out the bullshit and put in character stuff. Okay. Like, I love these characters. They have such great character moments in their own individual movies. You don't need to do a bunch of those. Just do a few. All right, so now let's jump into the, hey, we know what's happening. <laughs> this is what we should have done in this movie segment. Yes. Uh, what? Anything that you want to immediately talk about? Um, if they knew that they weren't going to use Dr. Helen Cho, take her out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fair. Yeah, for sure get rid of the jacuzzi. Yeah. Or if you do do the jacuzzi, Show the Infinity Stones and then show Asgard actually just blowing up. Mm. Just show it. Just show the destruction of Asgard. Okay. And that gives Thor more of a reason to be like, oh, I've got to find the Infinity Stones so that I can try and prevent my planet from being, you know, blown up. Right. Because I feel like that would be an even stronger indicator of, like, why he's been on this journey for so many years. Because he's trying to prevent Ragnarok because he's seen it in his own vision, all that, rather than being like, I have to find the stones due to righteousness and that's like then Ragnarok starting to have like oh no I don't want Ragnarok to happen within the movie I think that would work a lot better too yeah mm-hmm. that, that works his character out a lot more too for me I think what we could do and we're gonna have to talk this one out mm-hmm. is so you know how Ultron connects to everything and just knows all information and stuff yeah there's two ways I'm thinking about doing this he ends up figuring out what Thanos's plan is so like he finds the deleted Hydra stuff from the beginning and it maybe has uh, Thanos' stuff there or he connects to that huge whale alien that's in the back that's mm-hmm. like, oh, here are the plans for Thanos. Yeah. And so then he's like, oh, this dude's coming. Um, I need to make something so this guy can't just obliterate me. 
I'm going to make this vision thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he's making vision originally, uh, not just to make his own like physical body into something. It's like, no, I need to, I'm going to have my own world and I need to protect it. And I'm going to use this guy to protect me. That would actually be really cool. Yeah. Cause that would also be more of a thing where he's like, okay, they're going to destroy all organic things. But then if Thanos shows up, he's not going to know what to do with these machines. And he's going to be very mad. So I need to figure out a way to protect myself. Yeah. yeah I, so I can see that. Thought that was sort of cool. Um, and then if it's not for like a selfish reason, because I think it might also like sort of sidestep a little bit where it's like, all right, here's Ultron's huge plan. And then here's my other plan, uh, setting up for the other ones real quick, but here's my huge plan. <laughs> Uh, cause then he could sort of foreshadow being like, you don't, you guys don't know what's coming. You need me and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, sure you do. Fuck off. <laughs> and maybe that's something that gets brought up in that vision Ultron talk where he's like, you realize like this is happening and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, vision will be like, yeah, but I'm ready for it or something stupid like that. Or, and this also would be alternating Thanos's overall arc a little bit. Uh, Ultron is trying to kill half of the population, mm-hmm. so Thanos doesn't have to come down and do that later. Like, he needs to, I like, guess well, in a way, he's... The thing where if he does tap into the giant whale ship, maybe he thinks that that's his plan, mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, I'm going to eliminate half of all life on, on the planet, because he's like, that's what I should be doing. And then, you know, at the very end discussion, when it's like Thor, Captain America, and Tony talking, he's like, yeah, none of, uh, the fact that he wanted to destroy half of all life meant seemed weird and then you know Tony's like I I looked into the mainframe of this you know the whale ship and that's uh there was some some data on that somewhere in there so yeah it could easily be like a foreshadowing in that way and in that way also where it's like oh I'm only killing half a population it sort of patches up a little bit of the plot hole of like well if you want if Ultron wanted to destroy the world he should just nuke everyone or turn off the internet or something like that Sort of hinting maybe more at Thanos coming isn't a terrible idea. I know how we just talked about how, like, don't set up everything and don't do X, Y, and Z, but we know Thanos is coming. Well, but if you if you make it a, an organic part of the plot, and that makes it better. Because the, the point of a lot of things in Civil War was to set up Spider-Man movie, to set up a Black Panther movie. But it was but it was organic to the story. Mm-hmm. It was they made they found a way to make it like oh it was uh, the main problem where the Scovia Accords got signed is because Wakandan like uh, you know uh, volunteers were the ones that got killed because of Scarlet Witch's uh, mistake. Mm-hmm. And then I forget what it is. Oh the uh, Tony's like I need to recruit somebody else. Who can I get on short notice? And it's like this kid this kid from the the Bronx where it's like oh this makes sense. Is he Queens or Bronx? I don't remember. Queens. Queens. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I gotta find this kid from the Queens to, to join up with us because he can do, like, you know, mul- multiple things and I can just kind of, like, tell him to do whatever I want. Right. Like, a lot of that stuff made sense for the story rather than just being like, and now here's the Infinity Stones. <laughs> like, it, 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 it worked in a certain way, but for in, in a similar vein, if we knew what we know now, I would have the the rift between Cap and Tony starting to grow more uh-huh. in this because they really only have... The two arguments, one at the beginning, not the beginning, but right after the party where he's like, we need to do things together. And Tony's like, what What if we lose? And he's like, we'll do that together. Mm-hmm. And then later on with their chopping wood, <laughs> Cap just rips a piece of wood yeah. in half where they argue about what should be told the truth to and what should be lied about. And then at the very end, Cap's like, I'm going to miss you, Tony. And like, you guys should have had some kind of, you know, stalemate goodbye where it's like, I, you know, I don't. 
I don't trust you, and I think you leaving is a good thing. Uh, I'll, you know, I might miss you, but this is this is hopefully goodbye for a while. Yeah, and I think he should point out more, being like, "Hey, like, just because the vision thing worked doesn't mean this always is. You got lucky yeah. at this one. Like, oh, yeah, we saw your out. wrong thing almost ended half of the world or whatever. Yeah, because that that would set up civil war and be an, a, an actual organic way of the conversation. Flowing, because that makes sense. Because of course you're going to be disappointed in him for set for creating Ultron. Uh, anything else that's popping up to you? No, I mean just selfishly, just going back to the original thing. I mean, Cap's my favorite character, hmm. and they really like definitely sidestepped his arc. Yeah, they, and they film stuff to show that he's supposed to be having moments, and it just feels weird that like they didn't fill those in with like additional moments of you know because he's got the vision of wanting to be normal with Peggy. He's standing in the doorway of the house just looking into it for like a weirdly long time. Which yeah. you do kind of need two or three viewings to realize, oh, it's because he's dreaming of the life that he could have instead of it just being Thor left. <laughs> gonna hold on a cap. Hold on a cap. And new scene. Uh, I, do, I, do, I agree with you that they really whiffed on that because those small scenes with him and the army buddies would have been great. Yeah. And really, like, showing how he still feels isolated from the group, sort of. Mm-hmm. And, but it, I guess if they did make him more isolated, then it's like, well, why is he the leader? Like, that doesn't make sense. Well, but. maybe not isolated, but he feels out of touch and that he, not that he's isolated, but that he, he really doesn't want to be, he wants to be the hero, but he doesn't want to be Captain America. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants to be the guy that saves the world, but he still wants normalcy and he still wants you know what 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 he always thought he wanted he wanted the glory and he wanted the 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 regular life yeah and it could have been great if tony like knew that and in their argument where they're chopping wood he like he pop prodded him at that he's like you you think you can just be the leader because you can't be hawkeye because you can't be you know this family mm-hmm. guy yeah lucky <laughs> your family <laughs> uh but no he tony like gets at his insecurities and the things that he the fact that he wants two very contradictory things mm-hmm. and that could be kind of the thing that leads him to ripping the wooden half and being like, you know, you're not inside my head. You can't tell me what I want. And you know, he's denying it. Yeah. I, I, I think that, that could be easily part of the story that just, you know, but that's also where you'd have to do a pass of the script where it's like, all right, what happens if this is Captain America story? Yeah. They did what they could. They and, did what they you could. Know, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen for this one, so... And really, for what it's worth, I do like this one like more than a lot of people give it credit for. Yeah, I actually watched this movie more in theaters than I did the original Avengers. Really? Yeah, uh, it was not like really by choice. It was more just like, my parents are like, all right, we're seeing it Thursday night. Cool. This friend didn't see it. All right, I'm going to watch it with him. Oh, my parents want to see it. All right. And then, yeah. like, when I remember watching it with my parents, I was like, all right, I can sleep for 20 minutes. <laughs> and now I wake up and yeah. I'm sleeping for another 20 minutes and nice. I wake up. And <laughs> the reclining chairs really get you, man. Oh, the new stuff? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to touch on? Not really. I think I'm good. I mean, the, the way that I feel about this movie is that I like it more than most people do. Mm-hmm. And the way that I like Ant-Man and Ant-Man the Wasp less than most people do. Yeah, same. So I, th- I think it's one of those things where it's just balanced, perfectly balanced, as all things should be. <laughs> oh, one other thing. Captain Marvel was supposed to be in this, like at the end scene where Cap yeah. is like, oh, hey, blah, blah, uh, How do you think that would have played? Uh, I think that would have played poorly. Yeah. I think it was a really... I don't go for the studio note typically very often, 
But I think that was a really good idea on the studio to be like, why would we put this random person and have them talk like she's been there the whole time or whatever? Like, I don't, I don't know what Joss Whedon's like, tr- like plan was for what the third Avengers would be to explain why it's okay. Yeah. It would have been f- interesting if it's like, oh, she created like a time loop or something. Uh-huh. Or like trick them into thinking that she's been there this whole time with whatever space powers that she has. Uh, or she just could just show up out of nowhere and be like, hello, I'm Captain Marvel. I'm here to wreck shit. And then you move on to the next movie. I just love that story of like uh, Kevin Feige and Josh Wiener are talking and Josh Wiener's like, yeah, I, re- I really think we should put Captain Marvel at the end of this. And then Kevin Feige's like, yeah, totally, Josh. And then Josh Wiener walks away and he's like, Kevin Feige's like, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. Yeah. Because yeah. it does also make sense because there is a kind of huge gap at the like that last shot of the Avengers just standing there because it's four people in this huge hangar. Oh, yeah. And you kind of see Falcon, like, turn around to look. And I think that might have been where Cap- Captain Marvel was supposed to be. Uh, maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, maybe this idea was what inspired them to put Captain Marvel into the MCU in the first place and then, you know, make her own solo movie and then put her in Endgame. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Who's to say? But that's those are our thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, nothing specific. I mean, I will have more Marvel talk. We've been talking for a while. I'll, yeah. I'll give my true feelings on it later on once I'm sure we'll have another movie to discuss. Uh, I'm sure we will, too. Good 50th episode, man. Good 50th episode, and to another 50 more. I'm excited. Are we Are we doing something special for the one year as uh, well? Yes, we will, we'll take more of a victory lap during the one year, and that's coming up um, pretty soon. I want to say in a couple episodes. I think it'll be two weeks. In about a month. Okay. We'll be taking a longer victory lap <laughs> for our one year, definitely. Um, but... In the meanwhile, you know, everyone that's been commenting on our iTunes page and giving us five stars, that's really cool. Yes. I'm going to quickly try and pull up some of them just to give you guys some quick shout outs. I will do this again later, but we're going very late and everything. Um, okay, let me see. Yeah, let's do like two or three now and we can do the rest next time. Yeah, uh, the doctors are on call. Really enjoy the banter. Wish you. Oh, shit. <laughs> Uh, really enjoy the banter. Wish the surgery lo- uh, segments could be longer. And that's from Kira Knightley. <laughs> wow. Oh, wait a minute. Are you sure it wasn't Natalie Portman? <laughs> um, favorite podcast. Love the insight you guys give and love the guests. Um, if you had a Patreon, I would donate. Yeah, we'll fight, figure that out. That's by uh, Dweet, uh, Beats by Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you guys come up with these <laughs> nicknames? And then um, these guys prescribe better than Obamacare. Oh, wow. We're going to get a little political here. <laughs> uh, you know. We, we appeal to fans of all demographics. And that's from Skater Boy with an I-28. <laughs> Seems a little old to be a skater boy. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not here to judge. It's like he, it's, and We've got a full five stars, so I appreciate everything that you want, Skater Boy 28. Yep. Me too. Uh, um, and if you guys want to leave a comment or anything on our iTunes page, we will read it out when our <laughs> podcast isn't super long. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, like and subscribe to all the things. Follow on the social medias, which is mostly Dr. Script, except for Twitter, which is DR Script Podcast. Yeah, do do all the things. Yeah, do all the things. And a little programming note for all you guys. We will be taking three weeks off from the Dr. Script show. Sam and I's schedules have just been very hectic lately. It's pilot season, so we're working really long hours. 
Uh, make sure to follow us on all the social medias that we just mentioned to get updates. We might come back a little before, maybe a little later. We're not entirely sure yet. Depends on our schedules. But we really appreciate you guys sticking around for 50 episodes. Uh, we're going to get you more soon. We just need to take this little break. And thank you again for listening. We'll be back soon. Thank you, guys.